Hey, 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 it's Heath Parker, your friendly neighborhood Titanium Mike here, and welcome to another installment of Southern Tom Foolery's Tom Talks. Uh, last weekend, Adam, Josh, and Emily, and I, uh, had a wonderful weekend at DragonCon in Atlanta, which is why I'm joined today by, of course, our benevolent GM, Adam Kelly. Hello. How the hot Atlanta are you, buddy? Uh, still hot. Less Lanta. <laughs> just my lanta now yeah it's a bunch of my lanta yeah i'm good how are you uh i'm good i'm i'm stressed but it's like good stress i started my new job you know recently so yeah yeah you had to come right come right out of the fire right into a new job huh yeah 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 how'd you do fun uh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, we're kind, we're doing training tomorrow, like all day. I've got to go to Jackson, be there at eight thirty in the morning. Oof. <clears throat> till till like five. As soon as I get done, I'm scheduled at the restaurant that I work at. That's my second job. I'm scheduled at five, and the training doesn't finish until five. So, but uh, that brings me to you, Josh, my favorite occasional nudist and full time mechanic. Uh, how's the military grease monkey life treating you these days? Man, it's going. Uh, DragonCon kind of... I didn't really catch the con crud, so to speak. But man, I have been completely wiped out for these past couple of days. Um, but it was it was a great time. So, can't complain. Work's fine. Life's good. Got a fluffy cat. You know, that's all you need. Oh, that's all you need. <laughs> um... Last but not least, the stylish and sultry voice behind Madame Nariko Zivarajny, borderline mob boss and consummate giggler, Emily Summerlin. Has the world been as delightful for you today as Ziva is for the listeners? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been super great. See? Um, everything's, yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat as uh, Josh. DragonCon was amazing. Uh, but it, it sucked all the life right out of me, and the last two days have just been like, Ugh. But today was okay. Today was good. I got back into a normal human self. So, I don't know. Well, we've pretty, already established pretty... you're not actually a human. Well, yeah. that's, that's... That's the big okay. takeaway from DragonCon. Yeah, we learned that Emily is actually an alien posing as a human, much like Mork and Mindy. That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> but it is though. <laughs> no, it's cool. I just I'm glad you guys are happy. Whatever you say that makes you happy, live your truth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, we said it. Say right. <laughs> Truly. Truly. <laughs> Truly. Oh, uh, that's that. You're <laughs> really? gonna hear a lot of that. Oh. <laughs> um, and I'm not gonna explain it. Uh, <laughs> so look, guys, well, we've we, got a we lot a to get bit. to today. <laughs> nah. Nah, we, we might come to it via another story. You know what I'm saying? Um, but look, there's been a lot going on in the land of Southern tomfoolery. Am I right in saying that? Yes. Yeah. So we got the sponsorship with Roll20 via their Spotlight series, which that's awesome. Thank you, Roll20. Uh, we've, been, we've teamed up with uh, Valhaven Studios, a maker of exquisite dice bags. We all got... Uh, th- those of us that went to DragonCon, they rushed out our uh, custom bags based on our characters um, and they're amazing and I do want to just go ahead and like how about those fucking bags guys how about those, those, bags those are fucking awesome. bags they're so awesome they're gorgeous they I'm like staring at mine right now and it's just so pretty and so beautiful they're they're and I, I think you said this Heath but they are like 
made to resemble or evoke uh, feelings of each of our characters and just Adam's GM preference in general. Um, and so they're they're pretty fantastic. Pretty. Yeah, well, and like the, the titanium mic bag, I was so happy with it. It's like this bright, shiny green, but the inside is orange because his, his armor is white and orange. <clears throat> but it has teeth, like sharp teeth around the inside top of the bag so like when you fold it over it like it just looks so amazing and it's got little boxing gloves as the trinket mm-hmm. no, i mean the teeth aren't actually their... sharp like they won't cut your hand will they yeah they're not real teeth they're still okay. sewed in teeth <laughs> okay yeah. just make it no shy. no in no it, this is titanium mike here the toughest goddamn vest in the world there's real shark teeth <laughs> <laughs> they're they're so sharp of the like you know ooh, that looks good kind of fashion that they will in fact cut you no, but if yes. you want to see an actual visual, definitely check out um, pretty much any of our social media platforms, uh, specifically over, Twitter yeah. and Insta. So, yeah. Yeah, we did a photo shoot and everything. It was pretty fantastic. <laughs> like, for real. <clears throat> um, and we'll probably bring up those bags again because we just love them to death. Uh, but also, we found out just today that we've apparently been nominated for the Audioverse Awards in like three different categories. Thank y'all so yeah, much. So, for, like, yeah, thanks to the community. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing, and I certainly didn't think we were at a place young as we are that we would get nominated for anything. <laughs> you know, award sure, nominated yeah. podcast guys. Yeah, we are officially <laughs> award nominated. I yeah. mean, that's true. That like the fact that we can say that the community just gave us so much clout. You know, <laughs> <laughs> y'all done messed up. You done yeah. goof, son. Now, now, now we're all going to turn into dickhead billionaires and. Forget well, all of you. Where are we getting dickheads? Where, where are we getting the billionaires of dollars? Don't worry about it. It's gonna come. Okay, it's gonna come to us. Uh, cool, cool. You're, you're the mob cool. boss. Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for all of that, I mean, that's really exciting. We are we are obviously growing. We're doing things. We're getting way more involved with this community, which I think is the the true big, truly big takeaway truly. from DragonCon for me <clears throat> is that we we have started to build a, a really tight knit an interesting and supportive community with us and other podcasts and listeners to ours and other podcasts, you know, like it's, it's amazing. And I just, am so appreciative to be a part of it. Same. I'm going to cry. Oh God. (laughs) Uh, No, it's, it's really been incredible. I mean, from dragon con to our discord to all, just all the love that we've been getting. It's, it's overwhelming. You know, and, and certainly not something I think any of us expected when we first started doing this in April. And so, I mean, just with as much heartfelt gratitude as I can can convey through just my voice alone, thank all of you so much. I, and I'm pretty sure Heath has like a whole list of people he wants. Yeah, to thank, I'm going to save that for the end because it's okay. like it's like basically doing another Tom Talks. You know? <laughs> <clears throat> um, so, look. To start this Tom Talks off, of course, we have to address that dragon in the room, which is DragonCon. So, you know, before we get into specifics, I just want to say, how did how was your experience, like, in a general sense? Like, how did you feel about it? Uh, we'll start with uh, Emily. Well, so I have been to multiple other conventions in the Southeast before, so I, I had an inkling of what to expect, but... Never have I experienced that many nerds in one space. We're talking about like somewhere between over the over the span of like the six host hotels or whatever. Uh, we're looking at around eighty thousand people, something like that. 
Um, so yeah, it yeah, was, I've heard everywhere from seventy-five to eighty-five thousand. That's yeah. so that's Bonnaroo, dude. Yeah, like yeah. It's, mm-hmm. that is massive. I'll tell and you what nerds. it is. It's bonkers. Um, <laughs> no, Ed, uh, it was absolutely amazing. A little overwhelming at times, just because of the just again the sheer volume of people, but. Really, really well, cool. And the volume because of, of alco- alcohol we all consumed. <laughs> I I was actually good. I only over the course of the entire weekend only consumed like three alcoholic beverages. Boo. So you know, which, I, um, which makes you like almost a liar because we did play drinking games with you, and you were just like pretending to drink or taking. She was cheating. My, nope. Yeah. Nope. Yeah, you were definitely I was taking cheating. sips. I was taking sips. Nowhere. Explain to me the quantifiable amount that is a sip, and then we can argue. Uh, But otherwise. You're you're supposed to take a drink, not a sip. A drink is a drink. I don't recall that specificity. Also, either of those measurements would be more than the one molecule each of your sips was. Well. Well, guys, in her defense, you know, alien. So maybe that is an alien drink. She's know. not used to she's not used to using her mouth. I'm drinking the- an adult beverage currently, though. One, right. uh, some of the Stella that we got. Oh yeah, really? so um, we yeah we got so much alcohol. But one of the nice things that was gifted to us, which I'll get to, who gifted it to us later. I want to build up that enigma. Um, <laughs> I like it, yes. Yeah, but we we all got uh, these like I think they're meant to be like Christmas presents, but it's like a big display, like mm-hmm. s- giant size, like. The size of a champagne bottle, Stella Artois, with two matching glasses. It's really nice. Yeah, we each got one. Yeah. And that's um, what I'm drinking now, because it makes me feel fancy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm drinking the last of the Sierra Nevadas that, that we took, or I, were brought. I'm drinking one of the Terrapins, the Panama Crunkles, that was brought. What a okay. name. What a fantastic name. Drinking the uh, Scofflaw Pog Basement. Yeah, like Dude, there's literally that, that much so extra beer. There's that much extra beer that we all have some that we're still working on now. And we'll I mean, we plenty. got Emily maybe on. only drank three, but the rest of us drank too much. <laughs> Adam and I drank <laughs> every night to an irresponsible degree. Like I that think is we're true. Up, true. We were Which up is at one of the six in the why morning. I didn't two days. drink. <laughs> Someone's yeah. got to watch over you. I mean, that is like fair. This. That's completely fair. <laughs> Somebody needs to watch over us asleep in her bed. but anyways i had a great time who's next so you brought up that uh you know you had been to a lot of cons uh adam and i on the other hand neither of us had ever been to a con so it was probably a a markedly different at least beginning of the con for for us so adam how did you feel going to your first con especially one as big as dragon con yeah well you brought up um you brought up bonnaroo moment ago and it definitely evoked shades of that as far as like that many people who are all into the same thing being in one space um and it you know i was surprised at how much of a party it was like i mean i know that nerds party or whatever but this was a damn party and i think the biggest i had a great time i I'm definitely want to go back i think the biggest takeaway that i had was that it's like it's mardi gras for nerds it's like nerd mardi gras and there's parades and costumes and drinking excessively and all sorts of shenanigans involved uh, all surrounding like my favorite hobbies so i fucking loved it 
Yeah, I mean, same. <clears throat> I think my sentiments are going to echo yours a lot because you and I have both been to Bonnaroo. In fact, we went to one together. <clears throat> True. Or met up there. Lee. Um, but, you know, both of us having been, truly, to uh, a lot of, like, music festivals, you know, I think that's more our, like, big social event background. So it was a little bit of an adjustment because it's not – you're not trying to go and catch concerts and all that. You're trying to go and catch panels and live shows and, and you know – work in when games to eat or whatever games yep. yeah yep. um but i had a blast I, I i went in i won't lie a little bit trepidatious you know like i didn't know what to expect um but friday uh the night the marriott night which the marriott is the party that's where the fucking party is dude like it's like three hotel. three or four floors worth of almost shoulder to shoulder packed party yeah. like it's yeah nuts. well and just like drinking games and bars everywhere yeah you know and then everybody yep. giddy because they're drunk and they're all in costume and taking pictures with each other. Like it was, it was cool. I fucking thrived in it. It did. We lost him a couple times as yep. he just drifted into the sea of nerd. Well, if you've ever been to a festival <laughs> with me, that you know that's going to happen. You know. Yeah. Well, that's how you do it. I mean, that's that's pro level, pro level festival activity there. Yeah. So, so Josh, you uh, kind of had you're the middle ground a little bit, huh? You had been to like a con or two before, but not a ton of them. Yeah, I've been to KamiCon uh, in Birmingham. I think it was March or April this year, uh, but that's the only one I've been to, and it's not huge. Uh, I'm not going to count the Jackson Comic Con because it's so tiny and just lackluster. But yeah, I, I honestly wasn't really sure what to expect, and when I got there. It's exactly what I expected. You know, a shit ton of nerds. It's from friends who have gone from what they've told me. I was like, okay, this is going to be, it's going to be a party weekend and we're going to get some good gaming in. Uh, I mean, hell, I got to, like, I grew up playing the Mech Warrior games and like loving the Battletech universe. I got to pilot a fucking mech this weekend in a cockpit with throttle, pedals, stick, MFDs, all like just everything. So let's talk about that real quick. So uh, Adam didn't play with us because he had uh, gotten lost to the nerd. and uh, <clears throat> But me, Josh, and Emily played, what was it, MechCore? Like, yeah, it was MechCore. It's, a, it's like a, a modified version of MechWarrior 4, which came out, I think, late night, no, early 2000s. Um, yeah. And it was set up with like 12 pods, basically playing Deathmatch, when each pod has, had its own screen with like glass in front of it to kind of give it like a little bit of a distorted look like you're looking out of a cockpit had all these different panels for like targeting systems and your radar and your mech's health and like just it was mind-blowing for me yeah well, like eight-year-old josh was just beyond himself no absolutely <laughs> well and if you to, to help visualize like it is a, a big like uh, you know half moon uh shaped room with 12 pods uh, encircling it but they all like completely enclose you like when you get in like you got a big screen and, and like you said a throttle and you're you're like uh piloting stick and all that <clears throat> but it like closes off and you like you really get the feel of being inside a mech uh i do want to mention uh, who who did the best of the southern tomfoolery people i won in that game? i won <laughs> i, I absolutely won in my mind and i, I was honestly i was disappointed that it was not me Having the history of playing the games. So Heath actually did. Yeah, well, Titanium Mike himself, which was my call sign. <laughs> you know. Uh, Do you remember yeah, what I will say this, though. Uh, Thor. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, I was in an Atlas, which was off book because big, heavy, beefy thing. But, you know, this is going to sound like an excuse, and it probably is. Not suited to the map that we were playing on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew that shit I'm, I'm was doing coming. shruggy hands right now. <laughs> yeah, shruggy, of course shruggy, you are. Shruggy shoulders. <laughs> well, um, I'm honestly, yeah, but- I managed to get four kills off of that, which is super impressive because I do not play first-person shooters. Yeah. Well, well, that's what like, You're in a fucking mech. You know, you're moving around with a stick though, and aiming and pulling a trigger. If it's nah. no nah, man, if it's not over the shoulder, I'm like, uh, uh, uh. I get like, I make that sound and everything. It's really gross. Nobody likes to be in the room. It's unfortunate. <laughs> well, yeah. So that that was a very cool experience. Like I, I wasn't really familiar with those types of games, but it was it was a blast. Like it really was, and it was a cool. I, I call it a team building exercise. You know. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Uh, so this may be a contender for it, what we've been talking about, but I did want to ask, like, individually, like, what was your favorite moment or event of Con, of, of the Dragon Con? Uh, it wasn't the Con. It was okay. GCP Live. Oh, yeah. Ah. Which, I mean, that's still like an associated event. Correct, know? but I, I didn't want to make it sound like they were quote affiliated necessarily yeah okay i got you uh good business savvy there you know boop, boop. um but yeah so we got to go see our honestly our fucking heroes the the gcp boys um and got to we had had vip tickets so we got to talk to them afterwards uh and and i'm probably with you that was my favorite uh both because i mean it was such a fun energetic crowd but also because i got uh picked up by grant Berger. like like a baby yeah it was adorable and me ever quick on the draw with the camera was like wait 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 click you were fast dude he like josh nailed it he was just like boom got it before he drops you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i enjoyed the meetup with the with cosmic crit and and others Um, i thought that was a really fun time it was a great way to kick off our entry into dragon con I really enjoyed meeting and hanging them and having um, Rebecca and Drew kind of ease us into the experience. Yeah, they literally yeah, that, gave that us was, a mini tour. It was perfect. That, that was a great way because that was on Friday, not long after we had gotten in town. and uh, Like an hour. <laughs> yeah, like literally like an hour. Uh, we met up with Matt and then met up with them, right? Right. Yeah, um, Matt is, But yeah, uh, that was awesome. Was, uh, it was. That was good. Wimlock, right? Yeah, we'll get, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, but um, yeah, so so I mean, we had it was nice having a meet up with another podcast that's running the same adventure. Which that was kind of weird because like we we can't like dig too much into each other's material for fear right. of spoilers. You know, right, right, right. Like all we wanted to do was sit and talk to each other about the game and what we were doing and the experience, and we're all just like, yeah, no, but we can't. <laughs> it's one, it's one of those things. We actually had to get to know them. Gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, which was delightful, to be honest. It was. It was. That's some saying. It was a great way to be introduced into the weekend, and uh, I was very thankful to have them there. Frankly, and uh, this is also the beginning of lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of drinks. Uh-huh. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the like, first of I, I can't. We got to that. play a game there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that is my next. I was trying to set that segue up. 
You so well, here goes. Set up. You've been segwaying, son. Adam said, "I am the segway." <laughs> oh um, God! Yeah, so, so uh, at, you should make a character named the Segway. The Segway, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, as a group, we did get to play our first ever Starfinder Society game, um, and of course, I want to talk uh, about that experience and and how everyone felt about it. Uh, we ran the, or we didn't run it. We were run through the meeting of queens adventure mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so how, how'd you guys feel about that i mean we can we can start wherever you want we can start with the story or just the, the actual gameplay or our characters or whatever like how do you guys feel about Man, starting I, this thing i enjoyed it but it was uh well it was hell it's the first time that we'd actually sat down and played starfinder one in person and two aside from adam physically rolling the dice like that's that's a the having the character sheet. Even though I was using Hero Lab this time, like having to calculate and go through and figure out what I was going to do and all the stuff that goes around or goes on with that, like it was a an entirely different and pro- possibly even more engaging experience. Um, I I truly enjoyed it. Uh, it was really cool truly. getting to truly <laughs> uh, really getting to to meet a couple of other people. Who are there? Um, you know the the GM and the two other players that were not a part of the STF crew. Um, but yeah, like somebody else go. <laughs> I got to play Starfinder first time ever. I got to actually play as a character. Oh, I didn't I even think about it. that. Yeah, you've yeah. you've literally only GM'd until then. Yeah. Well, cool. and you I had a cool character. My... You're like the, yeah, uh, the god of ants. <laughs> uh, well, I became the god of ants. Um, but yeah, Gelstov, the mushroom farmer, Solarian. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I enjoy. I enjoyed getting to play him. Yeah, you uh, definitely had a little bit of fun with him. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know, hammed it, hammed it up a little bit as we do. We mm-hmm. Had to bring the, some tomfoolery to the table. Well, <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to get at. Is like, I don't think they were ready for us as as far as you know other players <laughs> and the GM. They all did a, an incredible job. But I don't think they're ready for like how we play the game. <laughs> the sheer what fuckery of what we what we right. bring to a quote table. Like yeah, like I mean, the, is I, he really doing this right now? He's doing that. <laughs> yeah, I think like, that was actually I, asked I, at one point. I was yeah. asked that verbatim. Yeah, no, I, I do, love do, that. Do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and then the answer was yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely. <laughs> uh, one, yeah. one of my favorite. I think that's true. Go ahead. One of my favorite parts was uh, just honestly getting to RP with you guys in person. Like, that was yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of fun. I mean, we, we do a fairly good job, I think, considering we do it over screens. Uh, but just being able to, you know, face-to-face to, you know, joke around and, and make the story more interesting. It's just, I don't know, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Well, so, you Emily, play a what? fun character, too, Emily. Uh, that, that's what I was going to ask. What character <laughs> did you play, Emily? You got segued, oh, Heath. Well, I, I know <laughs> y'all just will not let me have one. <laughs> We're so excited. We're so excited. Um, so uh, I was playing Chandra Attaway as uh, Yusoki Soldier. I've he, been waiting for he this. Was, I'd, he, I'd he been was, waiting for that forever. He was yeah. real uh, interested in what was going on, and just wanted to make sure everybody was uh, was taken care of, and got to point from point A to point B, uh, safe and sound. Hell yeah! Proud of you. <laughs> Proud of Chandra. you, uh, Josh. What, what did you play? Uh, I played a Sheeran Mystic Healer uh, named Fritzik. 
Okay, that's right. Um, yeah. And he wasn't particularly friendly either. I mean, he wasn't unfriendly. He was Just He was cheer. more than happy to uh, heal or, or perform his healings on, on individuals no matter what. He's, he'd be perfectly fine with injuring them first to be able to heal them later so that he could <laughs> See, that's right. fucked up. That was kind of the thing. Well, he was, there would be times that, that, like, they might be doing something that could get themselves hurt, and he just sits back and watches, waiting, like, hands rubbing together, or, or I don't know, what, what, what do Sheerans have? They don't have hands. They have those little, uh, like, little pinc- weird... Pincer? They're not pincers, they're Sticky the, like... fingers. Yeah. They're they're gross. Anyways, rubbing yeah. those <laughs> rubbing those together, just waiting to be able to like get off a badass heel. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, I, what's funny enough, the character I made was a Yosoki Daredevil operative, so acrobats and stealth, you know, like maybe circus performer kind of character named Sidestep Sally. And then we get there, and the other operative, who is some, you know, we were just meeting for the first time, we we tell our characters, I mention mine, and they start laughing, because she has made a Yosoki operative named Shady Sadie. <laughs> like, straight up, both Mesh, with the S-based alliteration. Yeah. Both yes. Yosokis, yeah. both race, operatives. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to latch on and be like, we all were... right. Yes, go on. No, oh, no, it was just a golden time and we were happy to be a part of it. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, killed it. Absolutely. <laughs> Truly. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think that the, the thing specific to Starfinder society or any kind of society games like that is it's kind of a random draw of like who you're going to be playing with you know and i think that's um kind of a more defined thing than just playing live in general um so how uh, you know how did how did you guys feel about that about the like just not not even knowing who you might be playing with and having to adapt on the fly because i think you all did well i was excited for it like i was looking forward to seeing who else like who who we'd be playing with, you know, and getting to meet and getting to know them. Um, and I really enjoyed it. You know, having, I love meeting new people. Yeah. So it was cool. Well, and meeting new people over a shared hobby as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, just getting to meet new people, new players and getting to, to ha- having to get a feel for their, like the characters that they're playing on the fly and kind of rolling with it. And then trying to expand it into something more than just us playing the game to get points on the board to, yeah. you know, level up our characters or get new gear or whatever, but to, to kind of make it uh, something memorable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's, I think it is a good, like, social challenge, you know? Um, not, not that everybody that's going to be playing randomly with you is, like, a challenging person, but, like, you don't know this oh, okay. person. You don't have, like, if you, if you know someone for a long time, you have all these, like, in-jokes and, and things to lean on, and you don't have that with a stranger. You really got to learn it on the fly. Just different play styles in general, I think, are really fun to, like you're saying, kind of, like, learn on the fly, figure out how to interject your play style and sort of merge it with theirs, and still everybody have a fun time, like, very much a... A fun social challenge. I liked it. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, we yeah. play together all the time. It was fun to play with somebody we didn't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, when like for me, one of the challenging things was I get there and somebody's rolling the exact same thing I am, but they're level four and I'm level one. So they're going to be more effective, you know? Um, so the way that I ended up dealing with it in an RP sense is that every night, cause we were on like a seven day caravan type trip, you know, uh, to this big religious festival ceremony kind of thing. But so when we finished every day and rested, I like, kind of i suggested that like hey maybe we gamble together and then it turned into like well do you want to you know roll for gambling or roll for trying to cheat and i was like every single night i'm gonna try to cheat her (laughs) and she's gonna like teach me how to like cheat at cards um so that was you know just having to do something other than i knew i wasn't going to be the the best fighter in the group um yeah it was also a lot of fun actually getting to play a game with adam yeah yeah it's nice the game because I think I've only ever played a single one-off of 5e with you. Mm -hmm. See, I have the supremely uh, wonderful experience of having done the entire Curse of Strahd campaign with Adam. You lucky (laughs) son of a bitch. And our characters became like best friends. I cried one time. Like, real real Heath cried. I was really Mm. drunk, though. And it was really sad. It was really sad. But no, Uh, it was cool actually seeing Adam across the table and like rolling dice with him and, and being with the playing a game with him instead of him trying to kill you (laughs) being yeah yeah i was trying to be nice but trying to kill me um hi gosh i feel like we could talk about dragon con for another 45 minutes yeah well my my kind of more second major point that it's more of a discussion topic i just and this leads perfectly into it which is that i did briefly want to talk about um the like specifically the difference in like the live game setting and the like roll 20 setting that we use because we, uh, you know, if you don't know the STF crew live basically across three different cities in two different States, Mississippi and Louisiana, who Southern Miss to the top. Um, regrettably, that means we don't get to play and record face to face. Um, and honestly, it would be impossible for us to play with any regularity if it weren't for roll 20. So, but I True. know that you guys, uh, Adam, you run a live game. Um, Emily runs a live game and Josh is in that live game. Yep. So, uh, that was actually truly my first time, the Starfinder Society playing an actual live game. Like I had never played one. Oh, wow. I mean, I like the the very first session we did when Dane did 3.5, but I'm not counting that because we didn't know what we were doing. Fair. Um, yeah. The, I, here's the thing. Live games allow you to use physicality as part of telling the story in a way that playing digitally doesn't, you know? as a, I find myself as a GM when I'm doing my live game a lot more animated, walking around the room, kind of getting up in the faces of everybody when I'm trying to, like, intimidate them or, or like, fully embodying the physicality of the character as, as I'm playing an NPC. Um, so there is a little bit of that that is missed yeah. when we're playing. Well, and that's kind of that like acting versus voice acting kind of thing. Right. You know, you actually Correct. get to do like the full job scope of acting. Yeah. So 
that you know that's what I was gonna say is that so when you are playing digitally you have to put some all of that into your voice you know which is why I think we've worked so hard on developing good character voices because that's what we have to sell the personality we don't have the physicality to do it um, and to some degree that makes you I think it can make you a stronger player because it makes you really think a lot harder about your character and the words that you say as that character, because that is the only way for you to get your, who, that personality across. Um, I will say in favor of the, of the playing remotely, I mean, it gives you the opportunity to play way more often and with lots more people. I mean, we would not be able to do what we do without a virtual tabletop. And I really love what we do, you know, and I, I love playing this game with y'all. I mean, it's brought us closer and it's, and it's like been the main way that we've stayed up with each other, you know, is making sure that we're there every week to play these games. And, you know, Roll20 makes it really easy for us to do that. And I'm sure any virtual tabletop would, but we've, we've, been leaning on that for the last three years because it just does everything we we need it to do and it's made for a really i don't know special kind of relationship between us yeah. because we do live in all these different uh, different places and locations but we still hang out every week together multiple you know? times a week even and um yeah. Yeah, I shit. think that's really awesome. I mean, I text know? Adam every single day of my life because I'm, I've been in so many of his games and I'm currently in so many of his games. And he's pretty cool, you know? Yeah. yeah. I have my moments. Okay. I tried. <laughs> I went to bat for you and this is what you do I for mean, me. I mean, I appreciate it. No. I appreciate it. As far as like, you know, comparison between the two, for one, I'll say that we actually, even in our face-to-face game, we still use Roll20 because uh, it's just insane to use. Because we do it, our game in particular, mine and Josh's, we uh, rotate houses. So it's just crazy to try and lug my three cases worth of minis and maps and books all over the place. So I'm just like, we're going to do it digitally and it's going to be great. Um, yeah, That's the voice great, I use though. when I DM. Uh, is it the whole time damn it's, no you are the entire time okay go ahead sorry i will say real quick on um, kind of like to adam's comment about the you know being able to be physical in a face-to-face game one of like my favorite things that we did in uh mine and josh's curse of strahd game is i ha- essentially had them trapped in a cavern area and to kind of really fuck with everybody we did one session partially uh, or a part of one session blindfolded so all of the players uh put on blindfolds and they had their d20s in their hands and they would roll the die and i would come around behind them and whisper the how their results affected uh, what, what they rolled rather in their ear so nobody else at the table could hear what was happening and that person could really get like an intense physical um, interaction from that. And that was definitely one thing that I know I, I don't think we could really uh, kind of recreate in a fully digital scale. So that's, I don't know, that's one yeah. of the reasons I really like being able to do it both ways. Yeah. Well, well, and that's even, go ahead. Well, those no, are the just, kind just of. Hearing, 
<laughs> we gonna do this just here you did it on day. purpose josh you did no, that it's on not purpose. on purpose no I, just hearing emily talk about the the blindfold session and like just remembering it her saying like walking around whispering behind us and stuff i legitimately just got chills recalling that <laughs> yeah so, i mean that well that's I mean, the it, kind of it definitely adds something that's the kind of amazing atmospheric stuff that like it's not just about being able to like act more physically you know what i'm saying it's that's that's what's appealing to me and i i kind of wish i was in a live game for reasons like that are the like atmosphere and mood that you can set with the lighting in the room and like music and all that kind of stuff which i mean granted we have music on roll 20 and that you know i'm not not disputing that but i think there is something special about like you know using props and using blindfolds and using st- uh, whips and chains uh, oh my bad wrong game Mm. Uh, well i think the um that that's also like a a distinction too between playing a game for yourself versus doing one for a podcast because a lot of those things wouldn't translate even you know even if we were all together in a room we wouldn't be able to do those things even if we were video based really would translate yeah like what it really comes down to is there's there's something special and magical about that intimate living room D and D or Pathfinder or Starfinder game, whatever tabletop role playing game, where it's just for you and it's just in that moment for that night, you know. And there's something freeing about that. Now, that can go multiple ways, I'm sure. It, again, it all depends on the group that you're playing with. You have to have a group that's gels together and for us i mean (laughs) we gel pretty damn good over over the video chat and everything like that so why mess with a good thing you know i mean (laughs) yeah i mean that being said i'd be all about having at some point in the future having an actual in-person session oh yeah no doubt oh yeah that'd be great um there's multiple ways to play this game. Uh, I'd say the main thing is find the one that you can do and do it. Just play. You know what I mean? Like, there's pros and cons to both, but there's no wrong way to play. There's no wrong way to play. For sure. Well, so I, <laughs> we always are going to do this for Tom Talks, I think. Every single one. We're going to do listener questions. And I'm going to let my man Adam take over uh, listener questions for this episode. And from what I heard, we've got some juicy ones. We do. We do. So we've gotten a lot of questions this time around. So thank you to everybody who submitted them. Uh, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to get to all of them this time around. But I do have some good ones for Emily and Josh. And since you're here, why don't we start with that? So the first one's for you, Josh, because I think you're the only one who can really answer this one. Bear Claire asks, Oh Lord. How do Emily and Adam's DMing styles differ? Okay. Um, just remember, Josh, hmm. we have a game tomorrow, so Just remember yeah. we have a game tonight. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> They're both yeah, fantastic. I love them both. True. There's nothing wrong with either of them. Um <laughs> they, uh, know, they got the double blackmail on you, dude. <laughs> yeah. Answer truly. Uh no, they're I mean, honestly, they're like, I know I just said that jokingly, they're not that dissimilar. Um, I'd say that Emily is probably potentially a little bit more forgiving, uh, considering we have some newer players at that table. Um, but 
God. Emily's a lot nicer to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, She's so nice in general. I mean, I, I'm I'm really a question completely caught me off guard. Like, and and I feel really like I don't want to say anything negative about either of them because then oh, just my say it. we're tough. Die. How no. high are you right the- now, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm, Josh, uh, please. You know it all. I At our table, you would not be the first to die. No, I know. I know because I'm smart. Um, but no, like it, it's, there's definitely, like you, you can feel the experience more from Adam's games because he has run more games and this is Emily's first campaign that she's run and she's picked a hell of one to, to run for her first time through with Curse of Strahd. Um, but in that, like they both do fantastic voices. Uh, they both personify their characters very well. And like, I, I genuinely don't have any complaints about either differences, I mean, experience, maybe. That's about it. Uh, they're both fucking awesome. Like, I I don't know what else to say. Ever the diplomat. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm being um, honest. You did a good though. job. Well, thank you. Thank you, Josh. Take a gym spray. And I'm, only mean, I'm only mean to you because I love you. I know. I know. I just... It builds character, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Uh, okay. Next question... Also from Bear, um, Josh, do you have any techno babble advice for non-tech savvy persons who like to play RP tech savvy characters? So, are there some some little cheats that somebody can do who may not know shit about shit, but can make their characters sound like they know what they're talking about? Google. Mm. Every good tech person is like all they do is Google things. So if you want some terminologies and stuff to throw around, just legitimately Google it. Like, see if you can find something that, uh, like, if you're dealing with a hacker or something, Google hacking terminology and learn that stuff. Um, figure out what a firewall is, what uh, security measures there could potentially be, um, what different, uh, I mean, if you're playing a more mechanical type, learn some different tool names and stuff to kind of help flesh that character out. Uh, you know, realistically, learn what it is or what the character would know to be able to role play it better. And so that doesn't mean have like Josh's a deep understanding advice is of go it. get an engineering degree. No, that's why I opened it up with Google it. I didn't say go get a, like a six year degree, you know, uh, can I add on to that one? I know it seems like I don't have any right to, but, uh, no, I go ahead. Yeah. Uh, just take the Emily strategy and just make it up. Just make up the words. Or that. <laughs> you know? Sci-fi uh, what, fantasy. What the hell happened you know? to the Samoflam? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. What's a Samoflam? Uh, well, you need a degree to know. <laughs> well, the sci-fantasy setting in particular, I really do think, lends to that. Like, if you make up some fucking gibberish, like, who's to say that it doesn't exist? Fair enough. And um, that's something I struggle with, with, uh, you know, the idea of making something up versus having to pull stuff from my actual knowledge and being like, somebody's going to call me out on this. Nah. You know? Just do with confidence. <laughs> just yeah. floop, floop the toodle dork, you know? Floop the pig. I'm just floop the pig. Um, okay, great answer. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <Dad. laughs> Next up. <laughs> oh, Neo Shio asks, what inspirations did you draw from to make your character concepts? Mike's has been elaborated, elaborated on quite a bit, 
But I'd love to know what inspired Fel, Zeno, Oren, and Ziva. And since we have Fel and Ziva here, Mike, I think we've talked a good bit about where Mike's we know who I comes am. from. You all yeah. know who I am. But Fel, Ziva, well, you know, what ins- what inspirations brought your characters to life? Let's start with you, Emily. So the first place that I kind of went to when I started creating Ziva was uh, the whole scene of this this game or this um, AP in general is kind of very, in my opinion, Firefly Western space Western. Uh, so I went uh, Inara from Firefly Fire, eh, from Firefly. Who, okay. If you're not familiar, she is a um, a companion, aka escort. Space escort, yes. But it's like um, a super so high class governmental position too, right? Essentially, not necessarily governmental, but very much high high class. Like if you have a companion on your arm, you get into places that you couldn't otherwise get into. Um, but that was the kind of um, starting point, and then I added in a few different sassy female characters, a bit more. Um, uh, I don't know, a little more saucy ladies here and there. Uh, but for the most part, that is where her character originated from, was from Inara from Firefly. That was a surprisingly human answer. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I worked on it a lot. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I mean, it was off the cuff. Three days. <laughs> yeah. Josh, <laughs> what inspired Fell? So Fell was inspired a lot by anything cyberpunk related. Not necessarily cyber th- cyberpunk the universe, but uh, the book uh, Snow oh, Crasher. Well, Snow Crash was the sequel. Uh, I'm completely Neuroman. drawn a blank. Neuromancer. Neuromancer sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the the anything from the book Neuromancer, um, from the Blade Runner movies, uh, as well as the Deus Ex uh, computer game series, mm-hmm. like just that that whole cyberpunky hacking human or Verthani augmentation which is why i ended up picking verthani because they have an augmented cast like that is one of their two casts in society mm-hmm. which is just amazing to me um so it was a culmination of me just generally loving the idea of like a net runner a hacker um the cyberpunk type not strong guy not really good at shooting stuff but damn it he will break through those firewalls and he will floop the fucking pig um and voice wise uh i was toying around with and watching a bunch of different stuff and ended up i was like hold on there was a voice i really liked from reservoir dogs and it was mr orange so it's kind of my take on on that cool good answers both that movie's Um, on my list i I fucking love reservoir dogs every movie is on your list em except baby's day out we don't we don't have another hour for that, so um, <laughs> let's see here. So Porter Paladin asks, as a DM, what is it like to run space combat? Fun, exhausting, seems like a lot is going on under the hood in those fights. You're running the bad guys and adjudicating combat. Uh, yeah, like space combat can be kind of rough on the GM because they have to do all of the roles. And I don't mean the dice rolls though. They do have to do that, but like all of the ship roles, you know, 
So I have to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to captain and I'm going to engineer and I'm going to do the science. And like I end up forgetting to do a lot during those, just trying to keep track of everything. And so it can be difficult, um, you know, make cheat sheets. I have, I have a little cheat sheet. Uh, I try to study the starship combats that are coming up ahead of time to get kind of a feel for it. But you, it's inevitably completely based on what y'all do you know, and where your position and stuff like that. That being said, I've come to really like space combat um, a lot more than I did when we first started. I've, I feel like I have a better understanding of it. And I think it's a cool element that makes Starfinder kind of stand out a little bit. Uh, I will pass the question to you guys. What do you think about space combat as far as playing it? Uh, I think... It gets better in time, not only because of your practice, but because you unlock more cool things to do. Like in the in the early levels, you're basically doing like one of two things every single turn, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as you as you progress, you get three, four, five like different options. Like as a gunner, initially it was just because I play the gunner. It was initially just shoot, just just shoot, you know, like level one. <clears throat> but now I have you know, multiple different guns that work in different arcs and, and have to consider like where, how the ship has rotated or or where its positioning is relative to what we're firing on. And then I have different, like a few different types of shots I can take, you know? Uh, and I'd imagine that's probably the same for the roles that you guys play in that you just get more stuff as time goes on. That's for sure. I definitely like, uh, and I, I had the experience at Dragon Con when we did the society game uh, of playing a different spot, a gunner spot, which terrified me because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but I love the captain role. Um, I think it's a lot of fun and you get to interject whenever you want, which is <laughs> kind of cool. I got to be the pilot in the Starfinder Society game, which, you know, I wasn't ready for, but uh, we got through it uh, mostly with help from the, the DM. But uh, that that may tie into, you know, that, that, that'll that help get me a little experience for if I ever need to pilot the Epic Tracer. Because I have in canon been like, hey, dog, I'm your backup pilot. Yeah, well, I think the group aspect of it plays a whole lot into it. You know, we when we first, first uh, what was it, second episode, we uh, had Starship Combat. Mm-hmm. And, like... None of us, like, we'd had some dry runs. We'd, you know, practiced and and tried to learn our roles the best that we could. But the longer or the more often that we do it, of course, the better we get at it. But we also end up learning ours and our our party members' roles better as well. So we get to know what we can do to assist them, what, like, how we can help them out. Um, when would be a good time for the captain to interject? Whether or not I need to balance shields or do like put a uh, you know put a, a boost to the guns based on what's happening? You know, it, it's it's a I, I, as a group exercise, I think it's awesome because we're not individually cr- controlling characters. We're all as a group controlling a single character, which is the ship. Right, and I love it. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it the second time around for sure. Yeah, I think I think uh, Heath, you make the best point there that it gets better as you have more options. You know, I'm very curious to see what the magic officer role is going to be that's coming out in the character operations manual to see what kind of additional things 
it adds yeah. to the. I mean, that would to be great to put like Zeno on, you know. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I think he's yeah. Well, just from the name, it sounds really freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So bipolar pop tart has three questions. Best okay. name ever. Go on. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um. First is how do you deal with real life interfering with keeping a campaign? going and eventually causing loss of interest. Um, having, you know, the experience of like the yawning portal kind of petering out, you know, um, I think, especially if you've got a, a decent enough size group that you're trying to get like a couple of different games going, like sometimes you have to know when to cut your losses. Like if, if something's not working, then it's not working and you may want to try something else. And that's not to say just abandon at the first sign of struggle, but it's important to know what's not there as much as what is there. You mm-hmm. know? <clears throat> um, sorry to start with the downer. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, as a GM, I don't know if it is my responsibility, but I sure, sure, I sure think it is, is to reach out to players if I start to sense that they're losing interest or if they're fading, right? I'll, I usually will reach out to them one-on-one and kind of, first of all, check in with them just as a person. Is everything going okay in your life? Are you good? Like, you know, and then if they are, well, what? okay, what's going on with your engagement with the campaign? It seems like you haven't been very into it that much. And that usually spawns a whole creativity session where that person's like, well, I'm not really feeling this. I feel like I'm not really doing anything that's interesting and I'm kind of getting bored with the campaign. And that then usually gives me the opportunity to say, well, what, what do you want to do to inject some life into it for your character and for you? Um, well, I think talking about loss of interest is important. Yeah. You know, like bring, you know, let's, let's discuss it and what is causing that. And then, you know, are you dealing with something in real life that is completely prohibitive from you going forward? Okay. Then look, no hard feelings. I'll write a cool exit for you from the story and we can either bring you back later or you can come back with a new character, whatever. Sometimes real life happens, but if it's just something where real life stress is causing you to be disconnected from your character, I think the best way to handle that is to just talk, just talk with your GM, talk with your party and say, Hey, I've been really stressed these last couple of weeks and I haven't been able to get into what's going on. Generally, if you're playing with a good group of friends, they'll, they'll help you get back into it. Yeah. Well, and I've got to commend you on that because you have been really good about noticing uh, you always pass your perception rolls on like when people are, you know, going through a rough patch or whatever. But I mean, <clears throat> if it weren't for you reaching out to me numerous times, whenever, you know, stuff seemed rocky or or disinterested or whatever, like I I wouldn't be as to the point that I am now. I mean, I feel like you have that conversation with me every two or three months, (laughs) you know? (laughs) What about you, Josh, Emily? So I feel like, uh, there are times that I've definitely had, things going on in my life to where I'm not necessarily in a great spot. I'm not really uh, too concerned about, you know, extracurricular fun type activities. But with this being a group experience, I show up anyways. 
and will reach out to somebody if, you know, I'm genuinely having a difficult time. You know, there've been a couple of times I've reached out to uh, people in the SDF crew just to be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm not doing so great with X, Y, and Z, whether it's game related or otherwise. And, you know, having them as friends has helped me keep interest in this because it's a great way for me to be able to spend time with friends. And, you know, it, at the end of the day, it's a, a, a group experience. And when I sit down at the table or at my computer for doing an online session, it's, uh, it's a great escape. Like it kind of helps me get away from whatever issues and problems and such that I have in my personal life. And, you know, remembering that there are upwards of four other people relying on me to be there helps me maintain interest, even if I'm kind of waning on a personal level. And then once I sit down we start playing and I get into it and we start role playing, then maybe I'm back, you know, <laughs> baby, come back. Pretty much this. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> you can Pretty blame much it everything. On me. Oh, God, he kept going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everything that has been said, I absolutely, pretty much, you know, same, hard, absolutely. Uh, truly. Truly. Uh, the only other thing <laughs> that I would say on the, the matter is uh, flip the script. If you are a player and you find yourself disinterested and you find that your DM hasn't done anything different, if they are not changing it up, if they haven't reached out to you, check in with them. If you have the wherewithal to realize that you or maybe some of the other players aren't having as much fun, check in with the DM because they could be having a hard time. Um, GMs get burnt out too. Exactly. There's a lot going on behind the screen. Uh, and you not only are you trying to juggle the game, but the way your players are enjoying it, the way they are experiencing the game. And that's a lot emotionally and mentally to put on uh, someone. So, uh, you know, be fair all the way around. Check in with other players. Check in with your, you know, GM, DM, whatever your preferred uh, terminology. But just you're playing with these people more than likely because they're your friends. So keep that up. Just check in with them and be well, aware. Yeah. So the GM, like, I feel like is way more at risk for burnout in general because yeah. they're they're juggling the entertainment and, and joy of four or five other people, you know? Um, but I think it, it, yeah. it kind of ties to all three of your points <clears throat> that a group that plays as consistently as we do or as any, you know, long-running adventure needs to play, like, it becomes a bit of a, a family, you know? Like, it really does. Mm -hmm. And I hate, hate to be sappy, but, I mean, it, these are people that you should care about and they should want to check on. And if you're all communicating, I mean, that's that's what gets the job done, you know? Yeah. I mean, communication is the number one thing that can make or break a game. If you fail to do it, it is likely that your game will fall apart over something stupid because you didn't talk about the thing that was important. If you do communicate regularly and make sure that you're not crossing lines or that you're preventing burnout or that you're keeping things interesting, you can create something truly special and unique. Truly. Truly. Um, truly. All right. We got time for a couple more questions. Just two. And we got to make these quick. What's the one location in the Starfinder universe you would each want to visit? No explanation. Just name the location you want to go to. Vesk 3. Good one. Absalom Station. <laughs> <laughs> 
Absalom Station, just straight up. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, we man, only we, we're yeah, there for we, like a minute, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm saying Akaton slash Abalon, both of those planets. I'm really interested in. Try access for me. Oh, uh, that's my other one. All right, that's cool. <laughs> Maybe we'll get to do all of them. All right. So, and finally, and this is again another one from Bipolar Pop Tart. Great questions, by the way, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. Final listener question for this Tom Talks: Am I really a Southerner? If I don't like sweet tea. Nope. Absolutely. No. Sweet tea is disgusting. There's nope. no reason you should force yourself to like drink syrup. I don't like sweet tea for what it's worth. So mm-hmm. I'm a Southerner. And I like half sweet, half unsweet. So That's fair. That's uh, fine. That's, I can manage if I have I, to. I mean, well, I, th- I feel like you have to be able to drink it if you're a Southerner. Yeah. You don't have to like it, but you can't yes. turn it down at, at somebody's mama's dinner. That's you know it. What at I mean? somebody's grandma's dinner. Yeah, yeah, if you get invited to dinner somewhere in the South, you better drink the sweet tea that's put in front of you. Yeah. Don't you, know? you dare sniff it. That's just polite. <laughs> I love people Says that the sniff. Sipper. I love people that sniff like sweet. Have you ever seen that? Like somebody would get their sweet yeah. tea and then smell it. Yes. You know, yes. like that's weird. Mm-hmm. Get right. That tea. is rude. Ooh, so rude. Um, I don't even like. Sweet tea. <laughs> all right, that's, that's all I got. Heath, yeah. Why don't you re- uh, take us out of here? I man. will. Uh, thank you for all your listener questions. Uh, I've got one quick question for you. Also, rapid fire, guys. We saw a lot of cosplay at Dragon Con, as is tradition. Uh, just real quick, what were your favorite one or two cosplays that you saw? Adam, go. M, go. Uh, the Witcher. Uh, yeah. That that uh, there was the a girl right by from- where we played that drinking game. Yeah. Was cool. There were like seven Geralt's and they were all really good. Um, the they captain were. from Treasure Planet. I cannot remember her name, but it the fucking cosplay was amazing. She looked nice. so good. Nice, good. That one. was incredible. Um, I think my personal favorite was uh, a woman playing uh, Barf from Spaceballs. Oh, oh she, she was awesome. No right. Oh, Barf was she great. She had no right to look. Barf has no, should not look that good. <laughs> she was amazing. I, I did get a picture with her. Um, yeah. What was yours, Adam? Oh, also uh, the Geralt. The, uh, okay. yeah. the leather, uh, leather Darth Vader. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. That these. was. Yeah, you get you get one. You get one. That he said one nice or two. Though. Yeah. Did he say one I or said two? One okay. or two. Yeah. All right. I retract my statement. Yeah. <laughs> Shame. Um, so I wanted to mention uh, Rebecca's cosplay, Rebecca from Cosmic Crew. Oh yeah. Who was a oh, Captain America snail. Rapunzel crossover? She had a yes. Captain America shield on her frying pan. It was amazing. Yeah. Very well done. That was dope. I want to give a special shout out to all the people wearing the Marriott carpet. (laughs) A friend of mine told me about it. It was so damn cool. Everybody wearing that pattern, all kinds of different. Like, I saw Thor, Captain America, like pretty much the entire cast of the Avengers dressed in that shit. Yeah. Plus, I think a couple stormtroopers. There was a a big group of them in the the parade Parade. on Saturday morning. They just. Everybody was dressed as the old Marriott carpet because it's a hell of a pattern. Yeah, you had mentioned that, and I didn't realize it was such a big deal. But, I mean, objectively, the best Marriott carpet cosplay was the Macho Man Randy Savage. Hell yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, so my favorite uh, was probably, uh, I I just found, it's low-key, but I found a really good little finger. You Mm, know? Like, that little finger was just spot on. Oh, that great. Yeah, so, all right, for sure. we, thank you guys for all doing uh, another episode of Tom Talks with me. Before we get out of here, I'm going to give a big, long list of shout-outs to all the people we hobnobbed and rubbed shoulders with at, at Dragon Con. 
Uh, and Please don't turn off the Tom Talks yet. This is important. These people mean something yeah. to us. So first, Valhaven Studios, who we've partnered with, who made us those exquisite dice bags. Go check any of our social media. Go give them a like. Um, they they make awesome custom dice bags. Um, and then, of course, Rebecca and Drew from Cosmic Crit, we, who we had a meetup with. It was really nice to get you know some multi-podcast uh, FaceTime, you know? Uh, John Compton from Paizo, who also went to the Cosmic Crit Starfinder meetup, who he's, uh, what, what has he written for? I mean, he wrote, he wrote the second book of, uh, Dead, Dead Sons, Sons. That's I right. Believe. Yeah. And he was really cool. Um, I also wanted to thank Brienne, who, uh, is now on our discord as Brienne of Darth, uh, for being the great G- name, by the way. Yeah, that's so good. Um, but she GM'd, uh, the Starfinder Society game that we played in. Um, big shout out to Natalie Kurtzner. Um, of course the GCP, which was, you know, a dream come true for most of us. Uh, they really are, are one of our biggest inspirations. Uh, I've got to take a a little bit more time to, to address, uh, big shout out to Matt White, AKA Wimlock, uh, who he went to high school with you, right, Adam? Correct. Correct. Yeah. So this motherfucker, I can't, I still can't decide whether he saved our lives or was trying to kill us. Right. Because he brought us like <laughs> we'll four cases of, of high gravity craft beer, uh, like two cases, like one of White Claws, one of Trulies. Truly. Mm-hmm. Truly. Um, Truly. And a whole bottle of Jameson. Yep. <laughs> he just like gave it to, oh, and the, the fucking Stella Artois champagne bottle gift set. Yeah. Like he yep. brought us all that stuff and saved us so much money. I mean, if, if he hadn't done that, me and Adam by, you know, Sunday would have been uh, begging on the street. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, also, I want to give a shout out to Dan, aka Danalog, on our Discord, who has really just been hitting the pavement for us. He has been, uh, I mean, in the time that he's been on our Discord, he has just been promoting and promoting and promoting, and we appreciate it so much. Uh, I'm genuinely Thank surprised you. at your Thank fervor, you. my man. Yeah. Thank you. Let's go. Yeah. You guys um, are amazing. I'll- also, uh, Mast Ferret on the Discord, who we did get to meet up with, also yeah. at the Cosmic Crit uh, STF meetup, uh, and for just generally getting us engaged with the Starfinder Society, which led to us actually getting to play, which was my first time ever playing a live game. You know, like this, I feel like, and I don't think you guys would disagree, it's a little overwhelming how rapidly the community of this thing uh this this noble humble podcast <laughs> has has built well humble, humble. One of those i don't things. know about noble um, <laughs> but it's it's built so much faster than i thought it was i mean like you know i'm not trying to uh you know lie to myself and say we're 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 on easy street we're now millionaires from the podcast but this thing has for a hobby that we just wanted to try to make the best product and and art that we could uh, I, art, you know, <laughs> um, it, it really has just been mind boggling and eye opening, um, how caring and interesting the like TTRPG community is. And, and I'm so thankful that we've carved, carved out a niche with the help of all of you, uh, listeners and allies of the show. Yeah. Can I add on a couple names? Of course you can. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to old scratch Johnson, yes. Uh, who we met at the GCP Live Old show. Uh, he gave me a D20 that I plan to use sometime very soon. Hopefully, it will do me well. Tonight. Thank you for that. Um, and then 
I also just want to shout out to Hideous Laughter Podcast because they have been our brothers and sisters in arms since we since we started this thing. They like really took us under our wing really early, and we've had such a joy getting to know them. And they got they are constantly supporting us as well as their podcast as well. So thank you everybody at Hideous Laughter. Yes. I think that's all nope, I have. I got for, one more, yeah. and I have okay. to every single time because his influence never wanes. Jason from What Do You Do Pods. Jason. Um, yes. You are the man. He's uh, Has he hit the 100 mark? He's got like 100 different. He's close. He's like at 97. No, he's, a, he, he's, yeah. a, he's at 99 the last I saw. Wow. Jesus. 99 different podcasts that he's like talking with or helping or listening to in some capacity. Like this man is an absolute saint. Um, and, and has the voice of a god. Uh, god he like, really does. Just... Like, I wish I could get just like an eight-hour tape of him reading like any book to me to sleep to. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a purr. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> That's a long list of people, and we are so so grateful to everyone and anyone, all of you that are listening and contributing in the Discord and on the Twitter. Like, just thank you, thank you for being a part of this for real. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, truly, well, I'm, I'm just truly. so thankful truly. that this truly. list has gotten so long. You know, yeah. like that, uh, yeah. that, yeah. Well, just the fact and, that I always do the Tom talks and at the end I have to like go to the shout outs and every single time it's gotten bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just beyond it. grateful to, to be a part of this community, you know, and to have gotten to know so many people within it and looking forward to getting to know more. Mm-hmm. Well, that wraps it up. For this episode of Tom Talks, we were super hyped from Dragon Con. I think we all came back uh, almost dead, but we made it. And uh, we will we will see you. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode if you've made it this far. And uh, we look forward to putting out more content for you. We're going to get out of here and go record an episode of the actual show now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. We'll see you. Thanks. We'll, we'll see you. See ya.